let's freaking go football cards collecting and investing that's what we do here 24 7 366 his name is andy my name is carter and we are live every tuesday afternoon taking your questions and having fun on a football card podcast we have been doing for quite some time now andy a very happy afternoon to you and uh, a guy that is hated i've been in sports media for a long time andy um, this guy is universally probably the most hated guy in all of sports media. His name is Darren Rovell. He is a sports business reporter, and he, Andy, actually lit the world on fire uh, recently with some of his tweets about card collecting. So your thoughts on what he had to say? Well, I mean, his statement was that he felt fantasy – playing fantasy and doing sports cards investing is oversimplify is oversimplifying things because of the supply increases in sports cards particularly i'm assuming he's referring to the ultra modern cards uh compared to the collection base not growing as fast as a lot of people think so my initial uh thought is that yes i mean just saying you know Fantasy, what you do in fantasy football equals what you should do in sports cards. Yes, is definitely oversimplifying things because there is so many different rookie cards for any one given player, especially the ultra modern players. There are a lot of carryovers, uh, and there also are a lot of differences. So I, I agree uh, and I, I disagree because I also see the Google trends uh, that I've seen from shared from sports card investor. You could go on Google and look up the click trends in the search trends right now and you can see how many people are actively looking for football cards and it's surpassed basketball and baseball and it has basically it's been the same as going back to 2020 so there are some really interesting complex nuances to sports cards a lot of things going on um yeah so i i agree with uh with part of it and i think there's a lot to expand on there Right, so I sent you the link in the private chat, Andy, of the actual tweet. So if you want to put it up on the screen, uh, feel free to do so. And we want you to comment in the chat right now. We have a poll question up. Are you optimistic about football cards? This always happens at the end of the football season, Andy, where – and it's happened for two years in a row now. And three-ish, if we're being technical here, this being the third year – Everybody gets gloom and doom about football cards right after the season ends because you get this lull before the combine. And uh, I I totally get it, right? And I'm actually going to defend Darren Rovell here. Now, I know, trust me, it is popular to trash this man because of a few things he has said in the past, and he did run the most awkward 40-yard dash I have ever seen. You guys have got to go check <laughs> this video out. He is probably the most unathletic human I think I've ever seen. But you see the tweet right here, and I believe in most of it, right? The idea that just because a player does well, your card values will go up. That is not how it works, right? But the truth is, if you watch our podcast each and every week, we have not only me and Andy, but there are people that know more about football cards and just cards in general than us that are in the chat. Guys like Chad, who's in the chat right now, Bob, Alex, Eric, Derek, good to see all of you. Um, you know, there are resources out there for you to understand 
this supply and demand stuff. And look, there is a natural um, growth from going from base cards to more interesting parallels, which is something that I'm going to be honest with you, Andy, you knowing me, um, that was a mistake that I made for like a week. And then I immediately went to rarer stuff. And I'm very happy that I did, right? I have a lot of gold prism things that turned out to be smart investments just because of the rarity. And Andy, we have episodes going all the way back saying this exact thing, rarity matters so freaking much. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you base is absolutely dead. That's just simply not true, but it's evolved, right? So for me, Andy, when you read this tweet again, playing fantasy with cards is an oversimplification that's costing people money. Absolutely true. Performance and excitement are some of the factors. True. But supply is great, and the collecting base isn't growing as much as being said. Also true. Where I do simply disagree is the thing that you see all the time are these flashy big money cards. Andy, we... I, I don't know. I, I actually I do know this with you. You weren't one of the people spending five thousand dollars on Josh Allen rookie ticket autos. I wasn't one of those people. I keep making this point over and over, but the people that are actually buying these cards for this amount are few and far between. Most people, Andy, don't actually spend the money um on these cards. And there are more people out there that are a lot more arduous with what they actually buy. Yeah, they they are more arduous uh, on what they buy because you just simply can't invest your entire bankroll. You know, if you've got a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars put aside for you know dabbling in the sports card market, you should not spend all that on one card. Just the the same thing goes with any type of gambling uh, endeavor, whether it's fantasy football, whether you're investing in stocks, whether you're playing poker or whatever. You're not just automatically. <laughs> Putting your, especially when you're new to something, just putting your entire uh, bankroll that you've got set aside for that hobby into it. You're, you're probably only taking five, ten percent, if max, you know, and and getting into it. And so a lot of people that started with the base card, the base prisms, optics with the rated rookie logos and stuff like that, um, and and they kind of work their way up from there as they as they glean these. Uh, these learning experiences from the market. They figured out what worked, what didn't. They saw where fantasy did carry over, how they were able to capitalize on the performance spikes, like on a week-to-week basis, like how to reverse engineer um, a peak selling price to get to where you want to buy in uh, on a card at, and then also how to do the simple comping process that we talk about, but ultimately is, is the best way to understand kind of where you're getting in in the market on any specific player. Now, at the end of this episode for play of the week, there is something that Darren Rovell does. It is a little bit different than what we do, but I actually like some of the things he does himself as a collector. And I, I actually, there's something Andy that I've not revealed to you that I will reveal at the end of the episode. There is an NFL legend that is, uh, well, he's not a legend. He was a player for a long time. He's got a pretty big collection of a certain type of item. I'm going to save that for the end of the episode because we are now talking about football cards. So let me know what you guys think in the comment section. Do you agree with what Rovell had to say? I mostly do agree, but I also think guys like Ryan 
uh, Ryan cards. I follow him religiously. I like him a lot. Um, you know, he, he's got money, right? He, this is what he does full time and he's willing to take risks on these four and $5,000 cards. I just don't think a lot of the people, at least that watch our stuff actually do that. I think those people are a little bit more few and far between, but I could, Totally be wrong because I do see people from time to time, you know, spend the money on Josh Allen. But Andy then gets into a topic that I want to touch on just really quickly before we get into some comparisons here. I have seen a lot of shilling being done lately, and uh, I, I just want your thoughts on that to see if you have seen some shilling happen as well. Oh, yeah, man. I, you know, I see it from time to time. It is unfortunate. I think it's a lot of people. They're unethical. Um, and right. there's a lot of shows around the country. So there's a lot of in-person dealing as well. Uh, and I think a lot of, of unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, unethical people in, in every market. And this there's no it's no different in this one. Maybe there's fewer people I've run into have all been pretty good. But I know there's unethical guys out there that are shilling auctions to try and keep ending prices high. Probably non-payers just to have that ending price show on eBay so they could take that to a dealer or show it to a, a prospect that's trying to buy a card from them or make a trade. Maybe they're trying to make a trade, trade up. Uh, and, and they're using that because eBay is, is used as a gold standard when it comes to, hey, this is what the card recently sold for, this, so this is what I should get for it, or this is what I'm willing to give you, et cetera, et cetera, whatever you're trying to do, or this is the trade value for the card, uh, that kind of thing. It happens. It happens, and I, I, I've seen it. Um, and for those that don't know, shilling is when – People bid up cards on eBay just to get the price of the card to go up. So their product actually goes up. So um, uh, there you go. Now, we do have a few comparisons here Andy wants to share about, uh, and it kind of goes on what Darren had to say. But Andy, I, I'm going to let you take the floor because this is stuff that you look at every single day. Yeah, because this is ultimately how I I find out where I'm getting in at on a player and if the deal makes sense. Because, you know, going back to Ryan's tweet, he made some money on the Josh Allens. Uh, you know, Josh Allen made a pretty solid playoff run and, you know, Herbert didn't. So, uh, or he, you know, they flamed out against the Jags. So, um, you know, Herbert tanked quicker than than the Josh Allen's. But ultimately, what you what you got to do to make sure you're getting a good deal, and I'm not sure how many people are actually doing this before they actually go and buy a card, is take whatever card you're looking at. So in this sense, I'm going to take two tiers of cards, Optic Hollow, Rookie Ticket Auto. We'll start with the Optic Hollow here, the PSA 10, because our web app can easily categorize those and give us the number of sales. So you can see Josh Allen's had more sales, even more than uh, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, these guys out from the same draft class because they have roughly the same print run on these cards from 2018 and you can go and look at the population here so you can see how many of them have been graded come back psa 10s we can get the current trend so you know when you're buying a lamar jackson at 300 for his optic hollow psa 10 that you're getting that uh, roughly four times or actually five times lower right between four and five times lower than what the Josh Allen is going for on average. So you feel like there's some decent upside there. You can see the Baker Mayfield, and the Sam Donald that gives you a bottom. So now you know what the bottom and the top of that market looks like. You can't just go and look at a Josh Allen optic hollow PSA 10 and see that the last one sold for 1500. 
So this one that you're buying for 1400 is a deal. You can't just do that because you have to go and look at what the other really good athletes are uh, from the same draft class. So in this situation, you see Lamar Jackson has roughly the same supply, roughly the same amount of sales. And in, in, this is actually going back all the way to September 6th in the beginning of the season. Uh, and and yet he's four time, four to five times higher. So that's how you know that the prices Amazing. of Josh Allen are inflated. There is Super Bowl victories baked in, MVPs baked in, whereas Lamar Jackson has cooled off extremely from it's his 2019 MVP run. Yeah, and obviously we're focusing on quarterbacks, but it goes back to the gap between Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. And I know our day one listeners um, know how many times we have brought it up. Andy, the disparities between those two is, is, is stark. Yeah, and so and so then it's not just one card either. I also will go to the other, uh, a couple different tiers. I like looking at the base prism because it's the retail gold standard. Uh, you know, everybody wants to chase a base prism, especially from years like 2018, 2019. And then the prism silver is quite rare, so it's harder to, to get some good transactional data. You also want something that has a few transactions to it. And then I also want to look at something that's autographed. Definitely want to look at something that's autographed because that is the primary chase card or, or format of chase card for a lot of collectors and it's higher end so i'm going to do the same thing with those and i can see you know this massive disparity once again i can see that the floor for this card for is about 25 30 the the raw version of sam donald's 25 30 on a <laughs> silver prism rookie ticket auto and then you got the baker mayfield around 80 to 100 and then these these are going to be a lot harder to find, so it does get a little bit more tricky. But I've got the PSA nine base Lamar Jackson here for about a thousand dollars just recently, and a BGS nine uh, Josh Allen that goes for seventeen hundred. So give yourself an idea of where the floor and the ceiling is at. Don't just look at one player; look at a, a few different tiers of cards. And look at players from the same draft class and compare them against each other to give yourself an idea of where you're where you're buying it. So if someone said, "Hey, I've got a Lamar Jackson rookie ticket auto um, for three, even I would say like five hundred dollars." I feel good about that. You know, I feel yeah. good about that. But if they got a Baker Mayfield for three to five hundred, and you go and you find, well, you know, maybe there was somebody who bought a Baker Mayfield back a couple months ago when he's traded to the Rams. They spent you know, three to 500 on it. And, and you can, you can see that as a previous transaction because there's not a lot sold. You, you may, I don't know, some people out there may buy that card at that price point, just stepping into a total blunder. I mean, it's a total blunder within the market and you're pr pretty much not going to ever make money on unless Baker goes and be a big movie star or something. Uh, <laughs> or re reinvigorates his NFL career somehow, but this gives you a really good idea. And so I did the same thing with the 2020 class because see it. Ryan's cards mentioned that his biggest loss was on Herbert. And of course, the beautiful thing about sports cards is you're not down and out even when uh, even when like on paper, according to the current comps, you're losing money. You still have those items to hold. There was an anomaly here with the Herbert because Herbert's done a lot of event signed autographs. So sometimes they pick up like it's hard to pick out the events that not but you can see the trend here coming into the season herbert's optic hollow was more expensive than burrow and then it's it, that that changed to the point where joe burrow's now on top current trend 
around 573. Justin Herbert, 444. The population difference there, there's actually about 700 fewer Joe Burrow Opticalo PSA 10s than there is Justin Herbert's. It's crazy. It's absolutely wild. It's, it's, it's wild to think, right? It's wild to think, even though Joe Burrow was the number one overall pick, but it was that injury that slowed down his, I think, his submission rate and then the slow start to uh, 2021 and then a slow start again this past year. But now I guarantee you those numbers, if you Joe Burrow numbers are going to be a, a lot higher. And Jalen Hurts, you can see his, his growth has been quite a bit this season uh, now 841 population current trend of 352 coming into the season that that was a uh a 300 $320 card on average but you can see it's it's dipped and bobbled there and then it just slowly inclined throughout the season but we still see this dip i mean regardless there's still that dip there in the middle of the season uh, especially after you know, the, when the Eagles lost it, lost Monday night to Washington Commanders and you had Justin Herbert struggling with injuries, Joe Burrow was just catching on at this point. He was catching fire and uh, Tua was was going through his injuries and stuff. And now now look at where Jordan Love is compared to, Tua. you know, on the trend, just based on the rumors. He's up 40 percent current trend of 160 compared to the two at 104. And his previous his high since the beginning of the season was 400, you know, with 193 sales. Jordan loves catching up, man. So it's you got to do this comping across the across the class, find out what their pop is, find out how how many people are buying their cards and what the average sale price is to kind of give yourself an idea where you're buying in at. And that's why we say two is two is a good deal right now. He's a bargain yeah. with with the amount of upside if he can stay healthy. So that's how I would see it right now, Andy, in that um, Tua could be just that, right? I figure he's going to be the Dolphins guy next year. And this is coming from a guy telling you last year, stay away from Tua. And Andy, you knew my DMs blew up once he started playing well. But, you know, eventually Tua showed himself to being – you know, a middle tier quarterback. I felt bad about the injuries and all of that, but still the overarching point isn't about any particular player, right? Andy honestly could, I'm just going to say it for you, Andy, he could care less if you're a Burrow fan like me or a Herbert fan or whatever. Your major point here, Andy, is when you actually go and buy a card, do the comps for the same year and the same level of player. Right. So for me, you know, uh, I've made this point plenty of times. It is pretty amazing that Lamar Jackson, his prices still remain so much lower than that of Josh Allen's. I do think Allen is a better player, but Lamar has an MVP and Lamar still has a lot of his career ahead of him as well. And the price discrepancy there is very stark. And from a few years ago, um, during their rookie seasons, Andy, you know this uh, already, I actually bought Joe Burrow when I started to see that Justin Herbert's prices started to surpass Joe Burrow's prices. I bought a lot of Burrow, and then he had those big games versus the Ravens. He had that 500-yard game versus the Ravens, not this year, but the year before. And that's exactly what I did. It wasn't me being a Burrow fan buying the cards. I was more so 
buying the price of the Burrow card than actually the Burrow card because I saw that uh, Herbert autos were going for more than Burrow autos. So Andy's major point to go along with what our main topic was at the beginning is to, and, and you get this question all the time, Andy, what is my card worth? Is this a good buy? So someone mentioned Trevor Lawrence in the chat right now. Um, go If you're thinking about a Trevor Lawrence purchase, go look at that price and then compare it to Trey Lance, compare it to um, uh, some other uh, Justin Fields who actually has proven something up to this point. And that way it's going to give you a good idea. And something else you can do to put on top of your point, Andy, is you can actually compare Trevor Lawrence to Joe Burrow's prices. Now they aren't the same exact year, but it can give you an idea of what T-Law's cards could do, even though the print run could be higher. So pop counts, comping, and and comparing, Andy, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. It is very important uh, to do that. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of similarities between 2020 and 2021. You know, what you don't want to do is compare, say, Jonathan Taylor to Derrick Henry or Ezekiel Elliott, right. you know, from 2016. Like, you cannot do that because there could not be a – bigger polarizing difference in the print runs in the quantity of different cards printed etc etc so like 2020 and 2021 are close uh because 2020 is really when panini ramped up their efforts in production to be in terms of variety and, and print run and everything uh so you have a lot of similarities between 2018 2019 and then 2016 2017 you just can't go further than i would say a year Draft class is important, so if you do want to like add uh, Kyler Murray, in, right, that's okay. But you cannot add, uh, you cannot add a Joe Burrow, Herbert, Hurts, any of these guys from 2020 to the to the 2018 comparison, and say, oh, okay, you know, just because Jalen Hurts is at 635 and Josh Allen's at you know 1700, I'm getting the deal kind of thing. Uh, doesn't, doesn't work like that. That's that's not a guarantee. Um, and I would say, like, I, I'm not buying Herbert. Like, if if Herbert were ever at Jalen Hurts prices, I'll buy. But when they're that close to Joe Burrow, no, no, I, they're inflated. There, there's too much baked into those prices. Too many people have spent too much money on those cards going back to the end of 2020 season that uh, they're they're overinflated. Overinflated is just too much downside at the current price point in the cards, unless you can get me a deal that's closer to that of Jalen Hurts. Okay, so what I want to do is a quick poll in the chat. Of these five quarterbacks that you see, type T for Tua, type L for Jordan Love, type H for Hurts, type J for Justin Herbert, and just type Burrow for Burrow, who is the best buy right now of these rookie ticket autos? I'm very interested in what the chat has to say. You could type out their full name. I know they have a bunch of similar initials, but uh, Andy was like, wait, what is he trying to say here? Uh, <laughs> but but right now in the chat, I'm interested if any of these five are sticking out to the chat. we got some very smart people in there. And look, Chad, who was our first commenter today, he says, Tua – um, I I like that. There you go. A lot of Tua people because of the price. Tua, I, I think people forget how high Tua stuff actually got. I mean, 
it, Andy, as you know, it 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 got up there, even though I kept saying, be careful. Oh, yeah, it definitely did. And it's come down so much. I, I love this because we're, we're none of us are good at predicting injuries. And for all we know, Tua could go the entire season next year, not get injured. And now all of a sudden the, the Dolphins are, you know, making a, a serious run. I mean, they, they made it to the wild card round this this past year without Tua. So. You know, imagine if he does stay healthy for a full season. Now the the defense is better and the offense is just as good with a healthy two all season. I mean, there's there's a lot of upside to the current price point. Same thing with Jordan Love if he does become the starter, right? He's not a starter now, but uh, man, if if he does, a statement released by the Packers GM today that Jordan Love is ready to be the starter and. I think a lot of people want Rodgers out, and they the, the drama may may reach a peak, and Rodgers may may leave. So there's there's obviously a bunch of teams that want him. So you know I think there's a lot of upside there. It's they, now they've obviously gone up 30, 40 percent, but I'd still you know if you co- compare the draft class here, you can see that just like Jalen Hurts last off season, there's still a lot of room for growth. There's a lot of potential upside there. And not a whole lot of downside because he's still got such a long time in his career. And until he's actually proven himself in a larger sample size in a regular NFL game, people are still going to be hyped for him, you know? All right. So before I give a scorching take, because last year I I kind of got known as the, the Tua hater. Um, I'm going to be known as this guy's hater going into next season. But before I give this scorching hot take, Andy, let the people know about Card Shop Lizzo, baby. Yeah, the Card Shop Live. You guys have got to check it out. It's the ultimate live streaming, live shopping experience for box breaks, football card singles. I mean, co-founded by sports card nonsense. Uh, who doesn't like those guys and Geo's cards and breaks? I mean, such a, a tightly vetted selling community. I mean, the experience is incredible. Their app is super sleek, and you can do one click grading at checkout. We've got a link in the description below that will also help you once you actually have to set up your, your payment information and get into a stream. You don't actually buy anything, but they will give you a $10 credit in your account to get you going. Check it out with the link in the description below. All right. So Justin Herbert, Andy, I'm staying away from a 10-foot pole, whatever the phrase is, okay? This is a guy, you know, last year I said stay away from Tua. Justin Herbert's a guy. Stay away. I mean, pull those prices up one final time. I promise we'll move on uh, to a new topic, okay? This just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, okay? Number one, he is in the same division with the, the the best team in the NFL, a team that's not going anywhere in the Kansas City Chiefs. Also, in that same division, they added a Hall of Fame coach, okay? Now, let me ask you this, Andy. Uh, do you think the Broncos are going to be better with Sean Payton next year? I do, yeah. Yeah, there's no way they get worse. <laughs> no way. There's, no, there's nowhere to go but up. I mean, they, they they've got... Uh, an elite secondary, they've got pieces, right? It's not like that roster just stinks. Russell Wilson's going to just be inevitably better with that, okay? So the FC West is going to be tricky. And with Justin Herbert, and you compare him to the other five players or the other four players here, he's not proven a whole lot to me. 
And I, I keep seeing all the time, well, this guy's a cyborg. He has this amazing cannon of an arm and, uh, you know, the advanced stats love him. I just don't like his situation. Of these five quarterbacks, he is the only one that has a defensive-minded head coach, which is a downgrade for me. He is in the AFC, which obviously is tougher. And quite simply put, I mean, what is he doing fantasy for you, right? I'm not saying fantasy football is the, the be-all, end-all, but the guy had, I think, maybe like three games of 20 fantasy points or more. So I, I keep being told, well, he puts up, you know, these big games and these big performances. And yes, Joe Lombardi wasn't a great OC, and we'll see what Kellen Moore does with them this year. But the final question I'll ask you, Andy, because someone brought up skill position players a minute ago, which one of these five quarterbacks has the worst set of pass catchers to throw the football to? Justin Herbert. It's clear. It's it's not even, it's not even close. It's not even close. He has Austin Eckler, um, but the bottom three, infinitely have better weapons. I'm I believe I'm a believer in Christian Watson. I just am. I think he's going to be a pro bowler next year at Green Bay. So and also they're in the NFC. AFC, Keenan Allen's old. We're not going to know what's going to happen to him. And Mike Williams can't stay healthy. Uh, and they can't find a tight end to save their lives. Um Gerald Everett's okay. I am just out on on Justin Herbert. I'm just not spending the money. I don't like the situation. I think he is a little overrated. I'm not going to, he might be the most talented quarterback of these five. He definitely has the best arm, but situation matters. And when I see these prices and you tell me Jalen Hurts is at 635 and Justin Herbert is at $2,225 and factor in, as you mentioned a minute ago, there is a lot of post product on card autos of Justin Herbert cards for whatever reason. I'm just staying away, Andy. I, I I just am. Yeah, that's another really good point. Uh, Justin Herbert is very generous with his autograph. There's been players you could go look at uh, Dylan Deals, which is you know uh, run by AJ Dylan of the NFL, and he right. he's got Justin Herbert autograph a lot of stuff for him before that he sent off to PSA and sat authenticated and and uh, and everything. So yeah, I mean Justin Herbert's very generous with his autograph and there's a lot of event signed auto stuff. It's not super rare. Uh, way more common than you'll find from Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Jordan Love or Tua. So that kind of just adds to the supply, man. Adds to the supply like Darren said that you got to you got to take the supply and demand into consideration for sports cards. Um so yeah, especially like looking, the optic hollow is closer for Hertz and Herbert. I think the right. real deal is on the Jalen Hertz um, rookie ticket autos compared yeah. to where Herberts are at. I mean, if I can, if I get a Jalen Hertz rookie ticket auto for five hundred, that's when it's like, okay, I'm looking at the floor at around three hundred. I'm looking at the uh, ceiling at around, you know, two thousand. Um, then yeah, okay. Or e- even if they don't get up to 2000, they're, they could easily shoot up to a thousand, 1500. They did get closer to a thousand and 1500 heading into the Super Bowl. So this is February 27th. This is post Super Bowl letdown for a team that just lost in the Super Bowl. Uh, so there's definitely some cool off there. And, uh, I'll definitely be looking to target those again this offseason, man. Yeah. Also coming in from China. Uh, it's, it's it's pretty big time right there. 
Uh, that's just the buyer uh, or the seller being in China. I also like that all five of them have very beautiful autographs. Okay. Um, now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to answer a few questions. We say hi to Jason Van Castle. He's very active on the Facebooks for us. I saw you start a comment uh, a little bit earlier, Andy, from uh, PHLOG Bob Graff. The process for me is buying lesser-known skill position players. Andy, this is your favorite thing uh, to do yeah. because yeah, I love it. <laughs> you got to really love football cards uh, to to not just do uh, the QBs. I'm also a big skill position guy. Here's a lesser-known skill guy that deserves more credit, and he is the only Ole Miss Rebel I'll ever pump up on here. Deuce freaking McAllister. But yeah, Andy, this this is what you love to do, man. Yeah, and, and Bob has killed it. I mean, Bob's a, a great example. Chad, Derek, a lot of these guys, and then are also in our Discord, Jason Van Castle. Um, they'll go and look at the player's role. They'll look at their, their fantasy performance. Uh, for example, Jarek McKinnon on the Kansas City Chiefs. Bob was able to buy a gold. I think it may even have been autographed, or maybe it was just gold numbered out of 10, Jarek McKinnon card for – the floor price of a card for running back from that draft class. And that's what you can find if you're diligent in searching the eBay auctions and then doing that draft class comping. He got a, pri a price on a, on a gold card that was close to the floor for that draft class uh, for a running back and was able to like flip it for like 20 X because Jarek McKinnon exploded. He, he developed a very good uh, pass catching role with Patrick Mahomes also, you know, Super Bowl team the, he was the best pass protector also, also best pass blocker in that depth chart. So those are going to be a, a lead to a lot more opportunities, you know, and then just all that stuff kind of combines. And then you, you look at a uh, little performance spike. He was able to flip it, man. Um, and, and that's how the, that's how the process goes down. Like Devin Duvernay, the same way last year, uh, Hayden Hurst, same thing. I mean, just just easy easy snipes whenever you're able to do that draft class comping and find out that you could potentially find a rookie autograph card or a gold card or something that's serial numbered or short print uh, that has really good condition possibly graded and you could get that card in an auction uh, a lot of times that's the best way to find your best deals and, and get it close to the floor for that draft class you kind of reverse engineer you find out where the top of the draft class is. You find out where the middle is, and then you try and get reverse engineer it and get yourself a deal because it's a running back, a wide receiver, and it's just not hyped up, whatever the case may be. Um, and, and then you kind of dig in right there, get yourself some exposure, and then you could turn around and sell those for a nice profit uh, from a single performance spike, especially at like the beginning of a season or the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you could still take L's when you do the skill position uh, flip thing, but the good thing is if you take an L on this, it's a $5 L, a $25 L. When, you know, you're, once again, it goes back, you know, to the Josh Allen thing earlier. Uh, if you, you took an L on him buying one of his rookie ticket autos, ugh, you know, the, that's that's $2,500 instead of $25. Um, so, yeah, I love that. I love that Bob is is one of the – uh, the skill position grinders, Brian, a, a minute ago, and he asked the chat, and I'm going to get your opinion on it. Andy asked about Trevor Lawrence. Are you, are you holding, or are you selling uh T law cards? I think Andy, it's a little bit more complex than just a, a general 
uh, question because of the print run and because of who Trevor Lawrence is and all the different hype cycles he's had. But your thoughts overall with uh, Trevor Lawrence's market moving forward? Yeah, it's it's really difficult to be on the buying side of Trevor Lawrence right now because you do that draft class comping. He's he's at the top. Um, you know, he's higher than any other guy from that from that class. And for good reasons. Uh, so I'm more on the holding side. If you got it already, I made. I I mean, I'm constantly like looking at the entire player pool of the NFL and just you know picking different guys every day to kind of look at and see where they're at and see how they're moving. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm willing to pay fair mar- fair current market value for. Uh, like a Trevor Lawrence Prism PSA 10 because we know how hard it is to get a base Prism PSA 10. That's kind of in my budget level. Uh, I'm not going to buy a $1,000 rookie ticket auto. I feel like there's too much uh, risks there for me. Um, he's He's got arguably the most upside out of all these guys from 2021 heading into the next year. I mean, the, the Jags could run the AFC South for the next three to four years, dude, depending on how, how the Colts can bounce back after this past year, who they fill in at quarterback, um that's going to be i think the 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 real question because i I think you're looking at uh, your total rebuild mode for the texans entering you know new head coach first year and uh and trying to plug in quarterback there and everything they've got all the holes they've got and and then the titans kind of entering this full rebuild mode so yeah i'm looking at the jags running the asc south for the next couple years at least 2023 making another playoff run maybe they get better grease the groove i mean the jags could be a a real contender this upcoming year so i'm kind of in that old phase for trevor lawrence but you just kind of have to be really diligent and finding the deals you could easily get lost in a trap and say hey last trevor lawrence optic hollow sold for 150 so i've got one here for 120 that's a good deal but then you find out that the justin fields optic hollows are are selling for 70 on average and the mac jones are 30 and so and and i think that may be fairly spot on but i'm just kind of you know kind of thinking out loud in terms of where they are in in a hierarchy for that class and all of a sudden that trevor lawrence at 120 it's got a lot of downside and not a whole lot of upside because you just comped it out based on his his own cards and not the rest right. of the class and the, the other markets that are a lot bigger than the Jags, too. So, you know, things could not go as planned. Like, you know, things could not go as planned, even though I do think the Jags make another playoff run next year. And it may, may be even better. Who knows? Yeah. So in the chat right now, who are you higher on moving forward in the AFC? Type T for Trevor Lawrence type J for Justin Herbert. I'm I'm genuinely curious because I think they're very similar in many ways. Type T for Trevor Lawrence, type J for Justin Herbert. Andy, you know, I am not the absolute biggest Trevor Lawrence guy, but there's a lot that I like, right? Doug Peterson, we can all admit, is a top 10 um, level head coach, and he can win you a Super Bowl. Um, I, Christian Kirk and those weapons, Evan Ingram ended up being a lot better than what we probably thought. Um, it's something else about Trevor Lawrence that I do like a lot, Andy, are these spike weeks. It's part of the reason why I still low key like Kyler Murray, because there are some weeks where Trevor Lawrence next year is going to look like the best quarterback in the NFL 
right? He has some weeks. The Cowboys game last week was just quarterback last year was just quarterback mastery. You couldn't play the position better than he did in crunch time of those, those, those moments. Um, And of course you add Calvin Ridley to this mix. And when Calvin Ridley is healthy, he is a big time weapon. So he's actually getting another alpha in this mix right now. So T-Law, very interesting uh, player. Um, Obviously with Doug Peterson, I like him a lot more um, uh, because Doug just is, you know, as good as it gets. You know, as far as play callers are concerned from a head coach perspective, I'm really only taking Shani and and Reed over – um, over Peterson at this point, maybe Dable, but that's about it. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot to like about Trevor moving forward, but once again, Andy, it's not about the player, it's oftentimes about the price. Do you think Calvin Ridley's gonna be as rusty as like a Deshaun Watson is coming back from the scandal? No, because wide receiver is very different than quarterback. Right. There are uh, once again, what Calvin Ridley is overcoming here and why he was gone. That probably did not take a mental toll on him the same way it took on Deshaun Watson, because the public is on the side of Calvin Ridley here. Um, And the second thing is obviously wide receiver is not the same complexity of playing the quarterback uh, position. I think Calvin Ridley is going to be fine. Um, and I, I think he's going to produce. I, I, I really do. I, I like his fit, and Peterson is going to scheme some things up for him. So, yeah, I, 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 I like uh, I like where T Law is headed. And like you mentioned, Andy, it's the AFC South, man. Lots of change happening in that division. Yeah, my my Carter, my rookie ticket auto, um, my rookie ticket auto, yeah. My hobby tip of the week is regarding these rookie ticket autos right here and see how that Panini seal is on the top. I I get this question from time to time, and I just got it recently. Uh, So sorry, I forgot who who it was from. And the question was, if if they have a card that's sealed by Panini like this, should they open that up and submit it for grading? Does that increase their likelihood that they'll get a PSA 10, or are they – are they sacrificing something by opening it up? And I, yes, you are, because the seal from Panini adds to the value of these cards. It absolutely does 100%. So if you're if you're opening it up, you're losing value and you're opening yourself up to a risk of it coming back an eight or a nine. There's no guarantee that just because it's sealed by Panini, it's going to be a 10. Uh, I've talked to plenty of guys that have sent cards in that have sealed by Panini and they did not come back 10s. They came back 9s, and now all of a sudden the 9 is very close to that in a raw value. People just, you know, in a lot of cases, unless the card's super rare, 9s are going to be a lot closer to raw values, and so you're better off leaving that sealed by Panini, giving somebody else the the hope that maybe that is a pristine card that could be a 10 in there, and that adds to the value, as you can see right here in the data. I'm interested in the chat or just in general. Please reach out to me. How many of you have cracked a sealed card and sent it in uh, for grading? Andy, um, I, I've shared this uh, before, and I'll do it again. I like a card in a one-touch, and the fact that a one-touch is sealed with that Panini clean uh, logo at the top, 
Um, and once again, Andy, click on this uh, Trevor Lawrence so we can uh, give the audience who doesn't know what this means um, a little bit of a, of a better idea. Um, because the, the seal at the top of it, and I have one right here. And this is just a, a Drew Brees one that was sealed. All it is is just it's it's him putting like a fancy panini. This is an NFL honors Drew Brees one one. That's all the sealing is, right? Um, it's once they put in the one touch, they seal it, and it adds a minty kind of feel to the card. And I and there's another seal right there, and that's one uh, of not a one touch but a top loader. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I'm a big believer of keeping it sealed uh, because I, number one, I don't grade cards. I'm not patient enough. Uh, if I, if I do, I'll get someone else to do it. Um, I'm not the best at spotting every last little blemish. Um, but yeah, you know, sealing, I, I like keeping it sealed uh, because it does add something for me, Andy. So I like that hobby tip of the week. Now, if you got something like this that you got it graded at a show from a Beckett Authenticator where you got something like this that that came in a Beckett Raw Card Review 9.5, I think this is a lot more interesting and compelling. I think your chances of getting a PSA 10 on this are pretty good because BGS 9.5s are probably, I would say, 80 to 85% chance of getting a a PSA 10. So something like this, I don't think adds the same value to the card that the Pianini seal does even. And people will look at this as probably valued as a little bit less than an actual BGS 9.5 slab. So I think something like this, you could definitely open up and submit to PSA and see if you can get a 10. Look at Roland. Okay, this comment has got to be put up on the screen right here. From This just feels like this... My heart sunk when I saw this from Roland Artery. Uh, he's got a purple R. I have a, oh, Andy, ooh. I, he's saying he has cracked a Panini sealed card and got a seven. Oh, that's, that's worse than any expectation you could possibly have because people are going to look at that seven like, Someone, you know, a little kid got a hold of it, you know, put it in his bicycle spokes like they did back in the 60s. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the chance you get. And, and with it in the Panini seal, people are going to pay uh, probably on average 10 percent more than they would just for the raw card and a one touch. So there you go. Prime example. Uh, Roland, unfortunately, had to be uh, a guinea pig here. But we, <laughs> we appreciate that feedback, Roland. That's 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 tough. So, uh, my hobby tip of the week, honestly, Andy, is uh, pretty simple as well. Uh, when you're selling a raw card, this could open yourself up to a Pandora's box of complaints. If the raw card has blemishes, especially if it is an expensive raw card. Now, what I qualify as expensive, Andy, is anything over. $100, say three-figure card, especially if you're selling it raw, okay? Understand that if you take an eBay photo and you shoot it from an angle where you don't actually show, 
you know, a card dimple or a scratch, even if you pull it back fresh, it opens yourself up to a return, right? And I had a really good buddy, uh, Mint Condition. He bought an expensive Jamar Chase card recently for over $200. And the card uh, in the photos did not show the blemishes. And once he got it, he sent it back. And then, you know, once again, the buyer's not happy with you. He'll probably never buy from you again. And obviously, it's a frustration for you as a seller. And if you do do that, especially if the, if you could see the card imperfections, um, you're obviously you know misleading the buyer because you're trying to get them to just keep it and not go through the process. It's important to be honest up front when you are, you know, especially if you're selling a raw card. Check out these. Um, I see this question here from BM. What do, what do I think about Bowman Chrome U? Uh, he said, I think it might be a bust because the Bowman first in baseball is popular because the players already have been drafted and are in their team's uniforms. Yeah, it's different from football because even the, the first in footballs, they're, they're in college uniforms. It's not definitely not valued the same as the baseball card. I'll tell you what still is the common denominator. What drives the Bowman U cards forward is the rare ones, the autograph ones, the uh, serial numbered, the golds. Uh, there's some lava refractors, some other really rare refractors that come out of that. Uh, the case hits like the Kahunas and stuff. Uh, you can see the Caleb Williams already getting hype, and he's not even in this draft class. I know he's he's big time, but you can see there's definitely a market for the uh, for the football cards. Um, and I would do the same, like, look at the Anthony Richardson Lava Refractor Auto out of 199. He's getting a lot of hype heading in uh, to the combine, the draft. You can see that's already at 180. So you've got to, once again, go through the entire draft class. Go through the draft class, find the other Lava Refractor Autos, and see what they're going for. Uh, because this could very well be a pretty high price already. You know? Yeah, so... so I mean, th these are high for college uniform cards, but I love college football. That's my first love. It's what I do. And what makes this a little bit different, Andy, than a lot of Leaf products that has autographs out there is Bowman has the licenses. So as you can see with Sam Hartman here, you could see the official Wake Forest logo. You could see the logos not blurred out. And for those that aren't familiar, some cards aren't allowed to have the LSU Tiger or the Alabama A on there because, you know, a company like Leaf doesn't have the licenses. Now, I'm a fan of Leaf, but it's better for the team's logos to be on there. So that's something I do like about the new Bowman U mm -hmm. um, products. But I, I do understand Bowman U. I mean, Bowman is just always going to be known for baseball. But I do think um, – there is some potential. Now, we won't know for sure, Andy, until because these cards are just going to release the new car smell aspect of these cards is is what, you know, has these cards up for for so much, but still, you know, I like it. I think it's a pretty solid-looking college uniform card. Yeah, it's recently released. The one thing that does concern me was uh they Printed too much variation last year. They did. They had a paper and a chrome. This year they released just the chrome, uh, which is good. Which is good. But I still think they have two variations: one without the first, one with the first. I would like to see them, you know, kind of, kind of 
hone in on just the first cards with the little first logo because it's just like that RC shield. It definitely adds some some value to the card. Definitely lets people know that this is some form of rookie card. Uh, makes it easy to understand. And it's but but the thing is, like I'm looking at blowoutcards.com, looking at their best sellers. That is updated. Apparently, what they say it's updated hourly uh, based on what people are buying. It's already disappeared from the top best sellers. So it's kind of. We'll see. We'll see. I think it'll be interesting to track. I may make some moves on some guys like Zach Charbonnet, some of the running backs we talked about yeah, last week, uh, yeah. see what happens with their landing spots. Uh, maybe if it's a really good player and I could find um, and, and maybe they don't test great during the during the combine problem. Like like Hinton Hooker, he's supposedly not going to test good. His draft stock, stock has been going down. But from the way he played at Tennessee the past couple of years, I mean, this guy looks like he he could be a really good player in the NFL, at least maybe just on hype alone of a starting job somewhere, maybe in a, a year or two, um, he could, he could really be somebody. So maybe if I could buy somebody about like him and then based on landing spot, you know, but of course I'm going to target because you got to think about the release schedule. I'm, I'm trying to target autographs of these guys because if they don't get the top draft spots and an incredible landing spot, the starting job, then, you know, by the time they do get a starting job, like guys like Malik Willis and stuff, I mean, you know, it's going to be their entire gambit of sets out, all 54 different sets that each have, you know, uh, 20 or 30 different cards in them at least. So, you know, you got to take that into consideration as well. So before we get to plays of the week, we're going to answer, um, and we were, we're already doing it now, um, but we're going to answer as many questions as we possibly can as quickly as we can. One of the best ways, though, where you can have access to Andy and yours truly is by joining the PHL Patreon, patreon.com slash football cards. It is linked down below. So join the card collecting Discord and you will learn. I, I guarantee you'll learn a lot, right? Once again, I shout him out. Uh, David Hunter. I love me some David Hunter. I haven't talked to him in a minute, but he, you, you know, he's, he's in there. Uh, Perry Collectibles, you guys know. Uh, who those people are, and if you're new, join in. It's it's only a few bucks a month, and you will absolutely love it. Uh, take a look at our poll question: Are you optimistic about football cards in 2023 and beyond? But well, we expected 85% of you said yes. Now, uh, BCJ had a comment here. Just my opinion on your poll question. I have faith in fanatics spending a lot of money to make the hobby even more popular. Um, I'm also excited about, you know, fanatics. I've listened to Michael Rubin's interviews. I went to a fanatics event a few weeks ago and yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of people at the company are excited about, uh, football cards and, uh, memorabilia. So, um, yeah, I, I know it's still early. Well, you know, obviously actions speak louder than words, but yeah, Andy, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm obviously a sucker for tops. So, I hopefully tops football cards makes a comeback. Yeah, a lot of big tops fans out there. Some of the tops chrome sets are nice. I like top tops finest. Uh, I'm a big fan of tops finest from the late 2000s stuff too. And it's also interesting that you know uh, fanatics is the ones who um, I guess spearheaded this Bowman this Bowman U uh, product release from for football for football cards like this is their first intro into football cards in the ultra modern market and i've already liked what what they've done from last year to this year they they've gotten rid of the base paper cards they saw that didn't work the product didn't do good they diluted it 
they've honed it in a little bit. Maybe they continue to hone it in. Maybe they're listening. Maybe they're honing it in. So maybe by 2026, when they probably take over the football card market, when Panini, uh, you know, when when that license changes hands, if if it does, you know, then uh, yeah, I, th- I think you got to be optimistic about the future there with Fanatics' involvement. Maybe they're maybe they're maybe they're listening a little bit more. You got to take. I think. I think that these manufacturers have to take more of a Nintendo approach than, you know, the so they don't get caught in in the oversupply, uh, you know, the oversupply type of market like uh, like the sports cards were back in the '90s. You know, you gotta be careful. Dynam sports cards on IG. He's been killing in the chat. Uh, he agrees. You got to take the time to list any defects in the description, especially on higher price or knock the condition down to very good. Obviously, listings that say near mint, but you can't clearly <laughs> see the card. Yeah, you'll see it. It's it's what I call it is the IG makeup filter of sports cards, right? You know, whenever and, and some of you use the dating apps, uh, a picture of that person doesn't always seem. That's how they look in real life. I know a few of you probably have uh, some horror stories involving uh, that. Uh, but, yes, be very honest when you actually list uh, the cards. Derek says the Bowman U var- image variation is more rare than the Kahuna. Yeah, and I think this is smart because the Bowman, the new Bowman U Chrome set is producing guys that will come out in 2024-2025 draft class. And you really can pick them up now for dirt cheap, and uh, and and just just hold them, just hold them. Uh, very low downside because you're gonna get them at so much lower. Especially like buy them around the draft time or like this summer when everybody is focused on the players coming out of out of the draft and all the off season changes and uh, and college season is in their off season. So I think that'd be a really good time to target those. Uh, class of 2024 and 2025 guys. I like and, that. And Derek is pointing out just for confusion, draft class of 2024 and 2025 mm-hmm. uh, guys. So um, there you go. They now have tops commercials now on the MLB channel. How about that? Now, Andy, it is time for play of the week. I'm actually going to go first and it goes back to, once again, the man whose mug is on the thumbnail. I know it was weird. I defended this man that is hated by almost everybody in sports media, but Darren Rovell um, is a sports business reporter, and he is a big-time collector. Now, um, a few weeks ago, I got to meet Andy, uh, a wide receiver by the name of Brandon Stokely. Okay, do you remember Brandon Stokely? Yeah, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, so I spent quite a bit of time with him, a very very interesting guy, and he actually collects tickets. Um, And I've dabbled in tickets just a little bit. Now, ironically, our favorite card is the Rookie Ticket Auto. One of our favorite cards is the Rookie Ticket Auto, but they are talking about actual tickets. Um, and I, I believe it was, please correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it was Chad who referenced, uh, Rovell's ticket, uh, buying experience. Now they can get up there, right? They, they really can, but I'm, I'm just sharing the information here. 
there there is interest, right? There are people out there that love actually buying tickets, especially if those tickets are autographed by the athletes themselves. So, Andy, your thoughts uh, for my play of the week is just keep an eye out uh, if there is a ticket because for me it is a little bit different than cards, and I kind of like that. Uh, you know, I have this ticket right here, they come in these big slabs, so they're not as like portable, but if someone is coming in to, to, to rob me, it's a better weapon right here. But this is uh, the Tyron Matthew, his NFL debut ticket right here. So Andy, your thoughts on tickets. That was pretty neat, man. It's very nostalgic. I think for certain people, if you went to that game, obviously it's going to bring up a lot of memories, a lot of emotions, very nostalgic. So I think anytime something is very nostalgic like that, I would absolutely want to get it authenticated. I think it would go a long way. Like I don't even necessarily care about the grade per se. I think you're going to find a market of collectors for things like that uh, because they're very, very nostalgic. Right. So uh, there you go. Now, Andy, I'm, I'm ready for your play of the week. <laughs> well, I, you know, I find it interesting. Um, you know, I don't know. I think Lenny, <laughs> Lenny may be washed up or he could have been sitting on a, uh, on a big deal. Uh, obviously he used to be a very explosive athlete who uh, knew how to generate yards after contact and, <laughs> you know, um, Come in clutch for his team. He's a good receiver. He's got all-purpose skill set. Yeah, there there is a whole new fan base. He's going to sign somewhere, but I'm not sure where. The role could be very limited at first. He could rely on an injury. I don't think he's going to spike from the news alone. I um, I would say like see if you can buy Rashad White. I think the first year there is a lackluster performance. Um, now that there's a lot more product out for Rashad White, I've I have looked at his prices compared to the rest of the draft. Well, I've looked at him and compared him to guys like Brees Hall, a lot lower, of course. Of course, he's going to be a lot lower than him. Kenneth Walker III, a lot lower than him. Um, and so I'm I'm looking at him compared to the rest of the draft class, and I I would be more excited about getting Rashad White. Maybe that's part of the like personal collector in me and, and being a Tampa Bay fan. I like to play on Rashad White because I feel like he's got a lot of potential. He's only entering his second year, but now it's like, all right, the, the role's going to be yours. It's time to prove yourself. There's still a pretty decent offensive line. We're going to need to rely on you. Kyle Trask is not a mobile quarterback. Um, he's supposed to be he's supposed to be smart. So let's hope he checks it down a lot to Rashad White. And I think Rashad White is talented enough. He could grow in the NFL in terms of his vision. And his athletic ability will continue to to get better. So I like I like a play on Rashad White uh, right now because I still think he gets super cheap. And heading into the beginning of the season, there could absolutely be a role because right now I'm looking at him. He's probably going to go after this Lenny news. He's probably still going to go somewhere. If I had to guess, maybe between the fourth and sixth round of fantasy drafts. Whoops, I just broke a rubber band. Uh, and fourth Dang. and sixth round. And he's got the potential with the with the new role and his athletic ability to finish as the second round guy. Potential, potential to finish as a uh, end of first round guy. Maybe, maybe if he can execute. But heading into September, that could actually be realized. So I like the upside there, Rashad White. There you go. Arizona State legend. 
Rashad White. It's interesting. I've watched so much of his college stuff because obviously Jaden Daniels was his college quarterback. And every time I watch this guy, I was like, this guy has got some wiggle. And guy, he was great last year for Tampa Bay when he got his opportunity. So shout out to Rashad White. We're going to hang out uh, for a, a few more questions here, Andy. Were there any questions in particular that you wanted to address here at the end? Uh, or comments, either one. Yeah, it doesn't look like uh, I saw this one from Feeling Spry earlier. Uh, what about Justin Fields? All the rumors going into draft next season. Hold Justin Fields, absolutely a hold. I there's no way the Bears trade him. Uh, they got too much going on, and that draft pick is so valuable. You're not going to get a number one overall pick for Fields right now, uh, anyways. I mean, there's just they've got too much in him. They just started to unlock him towards the end of the you know second half of the season, and that, they got a number one overall pick. They can get a lot with. I think they actually get it right this off season. And uh, I think Fields is definitely a hold. I am going to share something um, a little controversial. I think the Bears should keep Justin Fields and still draft a quarterback, right? Um, you know, I, I just think the value of the quarterback position, unless you are a thousand percent certain that Will Anderson is a Nick Bosa type of player. A lot of people view him that way, but I would not mind if the bears kept Justin Fields and actually drafted another quarterback, just because you draft an elite defensive lineman in that slot. Doesn't mean that you are going to become a winner. Just ask the jets this very question when they drafted Quentin Williams, Quentin Williams has been as good as you possibly can be. They also have Sauce Gardner, so they have drafted perennial Pro Bowl, all-pro level talents on the defensive side of the football, but they still have not gotten quarterback right. So I know most will say, hey, you, you, you go build your defensive line. Me being a former defensive lineman, I know how important pass rush actually is. But I would not mind if the Bears said, look, maybe Justin Fields isn't the answer. And – let's get Bryce Young with this pick or let's get somebody else. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll obviously talk a lot about that before we actually get to that point. Stock trading club says Brock Purdy hold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially if you bought it at the prices that he was trading that before the championship game, but you know, maybe you can find some deals now. Um, uh, you know, there was a statement released today by John Lynch and Kyle Shannon, maybe maybe join. I saw John Lynch's name on it, that they potentially are looking at the veteran uh, free agent quarterback market this offseason. They may sign Jimmy Garoppolo back to another year, uh, depending on his injury status, but they're all hurt. Like the Brock Purdy may not be ready for the beginning of the season. Maybe. Uh, we don't know yet. Same thing with Trey Lance. Like, I mean, I think you got to hold them. I think you got to hold them. But also if somebody is like, taking you know willing to give you a good price for your Brock Purdy you're able to make a little bit of profit I do see there's a lot of downside at the current price of Brock Purdy I would still I'm still gonna say go ahead and sell them now um if you can get a good price like based on the recent Brock Purdy comps I would take it James Wynn says Purdy is the best and <laughs> at the highest wonder like ever I know Justin Fields is sharp, but I thought uh, Ryan Fitzmagic got a 50 uh, on the Wonderlic. 
Uh, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick had an incredibly high wonderlick. Uh, you know, he went to Harvard, tested really high in that department. So did uh, Gardner Minshew, believe it or not, tested really high. Minshew mania. I think low-key Minshew is, is an interesting football card play. Now, we have reached a one-hour mark. Andy's got bills to play, pay for the tree houses that you've built this offseason. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, this is – been so much fun i'm enjoying the tuesday live podcast uh we appreciate you guys consuming it uh it obviously goes a long way once again card shop live check it out and you've got to use the link down below so andy gets a kickback for all his hard work and what's good is i'm only here one day a week andy is doing this stuff seven days a week we have plenty of other videos and if you really want to become a smarter football card enjoyer come hang out in the patreon patreon.com slash football cards andy a great episode my brother yes sir yeah you guys get into my dms the best way to reach out to me is through discord and i prioritize all the patrons that send me dms uh through discord and a lot of guys like i actually help set up their ebay stores i help them price out cards i'll review and audit their store and like give them my thoughts and opinions um, so yeah, I mean, you can, you get priority access to me and all the, uh, are there guys in, in the chat with so many different channels and our, our patron card market, we're actually, you know, so it's a little vetted community that's, that's heating up as well, uh, where you can buy and trade, uh, cards and you know, it's like a vetted community cause they all have some skin in the game. So check it out guys. Yeah, there you go. Chad, Chad sold some trash in there. I saw that. I like it. Nice. Um, but and, until next week, baby, let's go. Peace. Peace.